ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is Janice Porter, and I am delighted to have as my guest today, Larry Levine. Larry and I met, actually, in uh, Salt Lake City not long ago, as we both shared the stage at an incredible conference that we were at, but that's for later. Today and now is... Um, just to give you a little bit of a background about Larry, he is the best-selling author of a great book I just finished reading called Selling from the Heart. And he is also a co-host of his own podcast, Selling from the Heart podcast, with his friend uh, Daryl Amy. And I have to talk to him first about that because they have so much fun on their podcast. I, uh, I want to know how that happened. And so welcome, Larry. Let's start there. Welcome and um, delighted to have you on the podcast today. That's awesome. It's good to talk to you, Janice. So give me a little insight into that, first of all, because number one, uh, I, I interview people. I'm solo in that sense. You chose to have a, a twosome in your podcast. How did that happen? And, and honestly, you have so much fun. I, I'm jealous. Oh, well, it's, it's so funny because Daryl and I are like yin and yang, right? It's just like... Um, his strengths are my weaknesses, his weaknesses are my strengths, and we kind of play off each other. And I've known Daryl, gosh, 16, 17 years now. And we were, I was getting ready to speak at an industry event because Daryl and I both came out of the office equipment world. So, you know, we came out of the, you know, the most boring, dysfunctional, laggard <laughs> sales channel. We all sold copiers our whole lives. But I was getting ready to speak in an event. And I, was, I think I was at the... I think I was at the Bellagio in Las Vegas, and this goes back maybe two and a half years ago, almost three years ago. And I was sitting there, Daryl and I were bunking in the same room, and all of a sudden I said, we're drinking a cup of coffee. I said, hey, Daryl, we got to start a podcast. It was like out of the blue, Janice. We got to start a podcast. And he looks at me and he goes, you're absolutely freaking insane, right? <laughs> what? And he goes, why? And I go, you know, we love to write. We drive what we think is great content with a good message. Um, it's just another avenue to get, get our voice out there. And he goes, interesting. Okay, let's just figure this thing out. He goes, what do you want to call the podcast? Literally, Janice, within 10 seconds, I said, selling from the heart. Had the book happened at that point? No, no oh. book, wasn't, book wasn't even thought about. And he goes, Larry, he goes, Where'd you come up with selling from the heart? And I go, that was me, Daryl. You've known me for a long time, right? I'm just the, I just, I walk a line, I talk a line, I practice the line around authenticity and being real. And I always said I did sales my way. I go, that's just me. It comes from the heart, selling from the heart. And I go, right then and there, Janice, a podcast was born. And a week later, we got, um, it was so bad. We bought, uh, you know, mics, we did bumper music. And the first couple of podcasts were absolutely horrible, horrible <laughs> until we, until we got the, the lingo down of, of both of us doing podcasts. We've done podcasts with four people on it. It's great, but it's uh, we love having a good time. 
All right. So the podcast came first, not the book. That's interesting because the title is amazing. And I just want to give my audience a little bit more of a background from you because you were a sales professional for many, many years and uh, had a lot of success in the selling realm. Then I think you left the business, if I'm correct, and became a consultant, a sales trainer. Is that correct? Yeah. You know what, what was it? What was interesting is it was, if you and I were talking five years ago, even four years ago, and you asked me, you know, what would I be doing right now? This wouldn't be it. And I'm just shooting right. straight with you on that one is I always say, you know, in life we get dealt certain things and you got to mm -hmm. deal with it. And, you know, it was probably 2015. So I'd spent about 28 years in the copier channel. And about oh. 2015, you know, I just agreed to disagree. And I said, okay, now what do I want to do with myself? I'm, you know, at that point I was 50, 51 years old. And I go, okay, what am I going to do? I got to find something to do with myself. And mm -hmm. I, I think, I, I think I just gotten tired and I got burned out, mm -hmm. but I saw a huge hole and the hole was social played a big part in my life, how I positioned myself, how I took care of my clients, how I walked that line in sales. I wasn't seeing that. And I said, you know what? I, maybe it's a mission. Maybe I don't, I don't know what it was at the time. I said, you know what? I got to start coaching salespeople. What I did. So all I did is it is out of the clear blue. I had no customers, Janice, no nothing, mm -hmm. zero. We started, you know, Daryl was pushing and prod me. I started this message and I started this mission from scratch three and three quarter years ago. So January of beginning of January, 2016, not a single customer other than I had a firm belief that sales needs to be done the right way. Relationships matter coming from your heart matters. And I knew that and how we integrate it with social matters. Mm -hmm. I wanted to walk that line that separated me from everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I just drove a really unique message that said, you know what? We can all work better on creating value. We can all work better on building relationships. We can all build a better self. And that's what I did. I just went right to sales teams. I went right back into the copier channel and started coaching sales teams on how to do this. And that's it really in a nutshell. That's how I just started to take off is I'm, I'm a firm believer in my message and I mm -hmm. don't look down from anybody and I love engaging in really healthy conversation. And that's all I did is I got people to think, I got them to think about themselves and I got owners and VP of sales to think about how they're running their sales teams. It's so uh, in alignment with how I operate because um, as you know, and as I mentioned earlier, we met at a convention in Salt Lake city and the person that put that on is one of my mentors, Cody Bateman, who you've been on his podcast, I know. And um, Cody, his mission is all about spreading kindness and about coming from the heart and how relationship is 80% of the time we should be focused on, not the marketing, which is, should be 20% of the time. And yet there's so many people, as I'm spreading the word and sharing send out cards, which is the tool that we were we were using that we're using around building relationship with people. When I talk to people about that, there is this big division. There's like a big dividing line between those who get it and those who don't. And I'm not sure. And so I'm going to ask you this, those that don't, that still see themselves as the focus 
and it's all about them. And I see this with a lot of realtors and a lot of people in the, you know, sales, sales, the, the, the classic sales um, uh, channels. Can we convert those people or do we not bother? Well, you, and, and you bring up a good, it's an interesting point because I'm, I'm going to go back I'm going to answer it, but I'm going to go back and answer it with, with something that I saw that, that started coming to the surface. This is a couple years ago. Is In fact, I talked to somebody at the Relationship Marketing Grand Summit about this as well. Okay. Um, afterwards is uh, you have believers and you have non-believers in your message and so forth. And what I want to do, and it took me a while to figure it out, is I was trying to convert non-believers into my message. Right. Okay. And people would have, they'd listen, but maybe they just wouldn't consume it and digest it. If you get what I'm saying. Mm. But what I found out is the people who believed in my message, I wanted to make those people better. And I think that's the big key to this is, and it goes back to even when, and I know, um, and I'm a, I love Cody like crazy is, mm -hmm. you know, the, the whole 80% on relationships. I'm really taking this and running with it because I got into a huge conversation just a few hours ago with somebody who says, well, I got great relationships with my customers. And I said, I'm sure you do. And I'm not here to doubt it, mm -hmm. but just how great are those relationships? And it's not until you're willing to dig in and commit to really being proactive and make it your mission to build those relationships, then things will start to happen. But I think we just take relationships for granted. If you ask most salespeople, and I know you know this, Janice, mm -hmm. ask them, you know, on a scale of one to 10, right? One's horrible, 10's phenomenal. You know, where are you at with the relationships with your top clients? Mm -hmm. And of course, the number is going to be well past seven or eight, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. But then I always test it. You know, what are you doing to further enhance that? How often are you seeing them? Are you willing to dig in? Are you willing to really get to the heart of what matters? Mm -hmm. And most people aren't willing to do that. No, and it's, it's really interesting and very true what you say because I had a couple of conversations uh, actually earlier today also with uh, people that were looking at implementing uh, card sending into their, their uh, marketing. But they want it to always be... Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> uh, they want it to be planned. They want it to be uh, scheduled. And so, you know, that's fine. We can have that happen. But when you do that, to me, it's the same. And you can maybe speak to this too, because I know social media, especially like on LinkedIn, is huge for you. And it is for me too. It's the same as scheduling things on social media when you schedule them you forget about them and so then they don't ever get past the whole point of they they don't mesh they're not relationships they're just stuff we do and they think that's enough and it's not no you know and i always say you can't automate relationships exactly and, like yeah. and and i think what's happening and i see it and this is this was the success that i saw with social is i always one of my favorite classic lines is so many in sales are dehumanizing themselves 
and the relationships because they're hiding behind technology. Now, technology, if it wasn't for technology and social and a lot of these things, you and I wouldn't be on this podcast. Right. I wouldn't have met Cody and, and all that. Wouldn't have been at the Relationship Marketing Grant Summit and all that. But where I'm going with this is we have to humanize ourselves through technology. Right. And a lot of people are hiding behind it and they're trying to, and this is just my take on it, that, you know, people can agree or disagree with me and that's okay, is people are hiding behind this because they're living a life through somebody else or as they think it should be. Mm-hmm. I go, you get what you get with me, right? There is no difference. Me on social, and you can name all the platforms, I am no different than I am face-to-face. Zero end of story. And that's what I want people to understand is if you want to build really rock solid relationships, you got to marry all of this together. Exactly. So uh, I circled this quote in your book uh, and it was in the chapter about taking care of your current clients. It's all about the client experience. What are you doing to provide an outstanding client experience? So what, what would you say a couple of things are that you would recommend to people to step them over and above the average doing something? Well, I mean, first of all, it's not that hard to go above and beyond somebody's <laughs> expectations. Yeah. Oh, and, and I hate to say it is because the expectations for most people about salespeople are at an all-time low anyway. So <laughs> it's not going to take that much to do. So I want to let right. you know it's not that hard. But you know, one, one of the things that, that I did, and I went back and I always encourage salespeople, go back and ask your customers what they expect. And that's what I did. I just started to interview people. What do you expect from salespeople? How would you like to be treated? What would wow you? Mm-hmm. Help me understand that. And I packaged that in. Just, I just packaged it real tight. And I said, you know what? This is what's going to happen before the sale. But in my opinion, the magic happens after the sale. And that's where salespeople fail to focus on. Mm. So all I wanted to do was continually educate them. I wanted to continually help them do better business. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get to know as many people inside that organization as I could. Mm-hmm. Because A, I knew they knew other people, but each one of those has different sets of issues and challenges that they might be having. And to me, it was just up to me. I have to, I have to help them become better because if they do, then the relationship starts to become a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens in sales is we love them and then we leave them. Yes. If, if, you get, if you get what I'm saying yes. is we're the knight in shining armor up to the point where somebody signs and then we turn into the frog afterwards, right? Well, then it's handed over like to somebody else, right? Right. It, and, and that's fine. But I always say, you know what? You got, you know, whoever the person is, you got that person into this. It's up to you to make sure that everything goes smoothly. And, you know, there's some channels where you pass it off to a, customer experience rep or something right. like that but that's okay it doesn't mean that once the sales done you're done and that's the missing link mm-hmm. and I'll take it one step farther if I can is mm-hmm. I, w- I always share with people this is if somebody in their organization right we can name r- rattle off however many titles mm-hmm. you want to rattle off if they're going to turn over their hard-earned corporate dollars to you and you don't do anything afterwards to continue to enhance the experience, shame on you. Why should they continue to do business with you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. It's, well, here's a very small example of um, a typical situation where I bought a new car and 
the I got the uh, the sales rep, um, I don't know, assistant take a picture of me in my car and I put it on the front of a card and I sent the card to the sales guy and thanking him for making it a great experience for me and whatever and sent him some brownies. And I talked to him after he called me and he said, I should have been doing this for you. And I said, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least he got it. But that's the thing. You do whatever it is you do and they, they, then they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. They don't care. And they should. Yeah, it was interesting. I was with, um, I was with a customer last week and I was with 50 people. There was a, it, was a, it, was, it was a corporate banking organization. And the CEO, all their executive management are sitting in there and branch managers and so forth. And part of the slogan inside the bank is relationships, right? Relationships matter and things like that. And I go, this is cool. I'm going to love working with these people. Well, this is what was interesting. I asked them, are you in the banking industry? Or are you in the experience industry? And they said, well, both. And, you know, I, I didn't want to take it down a rabbit hole, Janice. Yeah. I said, okay, I mean, obviously you're in the banking industry. Sure. Why did you say you're in the experience industry? And they went on to tell me, I said, okay, I can buy that. But what are you doing to enhance the experience of the people who choose to put their hard-earned corporate dollars in your bank? Mm -hmm. And there was birds were chirping, right? <laughs> and because I, I think what happens is we say things, we say words, relationships matter. We're in the experience business, right? We love respect and have tons of credibility and we build tons of trust. Well, great. How are you doing it? And how are you doing it on a consistent basis? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to question. And that's what I want to bring to the table in sales. So in your book, you, you have several examples of where the young millennial comes in and he does things differently to the, uh, to the older uh, uh, um, experienced sales uh -huh. rep who's been doing it the same way for years after year after year. And the new person comes in, does it differently, makes a big splash. Um, great examples. But in real life, tell me, tell me, I know these are from real life, but uh, how is it working with the new young salespeople compared to what it was like in the old days, so to speak? Uh, it, it's, um, I love the generation between 22 and 30. I love those people. Okay, why? For, for one simple reason, they're eager to learn and they listen and then they'll actually do what you coach them to do. Really? Really? And, and, this, and, and Janice, I'm speaking from pure experience on this one. I absolutely love it. Um, they, they might be technologically more sound mm -hmm. than me in some instances or even people older than me. Mm -hmm. But what they lack are the things that I can help them with. How to articulate value. How to enhance a business conversation. Right? How to increase their business acumen. These are the things that 22 to 30 year olds really need to grasp to help them as they start growing in their careers. And, and, but, but it's interesting because then on the flip side, I have, when we get set in our ways and I'm not calling out generations on this, I'm just going to say it like mm -hmm. I, I see it is um, I'm the tail end of the boomers. 
Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of boomers who are set in their ways, mm-hmm. right? They're in cruise mode. They might be going, okay, I got five, six more years in this. I'm going to check out, right? I'm just going to ride right. this thing out. And I said, I don't care. If you want to look relevant today, and I don't care what age you are, you got to start learning how to do some of these things mm-hmm. to totally. modernize who you are because your customers and your prospects are asking more of you now than they ever have before. Exactly. So the piece, though, that, that I wonder about with, well, it's just funny. I was in the grocery store the other day, and lady ahead of me at the cashier was going through and the woman said something and the girl behind the counter said, Oh, no worries, which drives me crazy to be. Yeah. Um, but what struck me was she, the girl behind the counter should have been saying thank you to the customer, not the customer saying thank you and apologizing or whatever it was to the cashier. And it, it just struck me as something that wasn't really, uh, she wasn't, a, the cashier wasn't aware of it, aware of that. And I think, are they training them differently today? You know, like it's still about like, um, it's, you, it's all about the client experience, like you said. And, you know, it's, I don't know. There's just some things that, that I don't think the, you, the young people are there, you know, they don't get the same kind of training. Well, you know, I always, and I always say, and you're a product of your environment. I'm a firm believer in that yeah. in sales, right? Um, yeah. You just, you just see it. I'll go back because I got into a, I got into a disagreement with somebody online over this. Um, I'm a big fan of Chick-fil-A. Okay. And I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. And so if anyone who's listening has been to a Chick-fil-A, Hopefully this happens, right? They greet you, and then what do they say after you place the order? I, I haven't been there, so I don't know, thank but I'm you. guessing thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Simple thank yous. They've from it, it, it's from the owner all the way down to management. You walk into a Chick Fil A, and you're greeted. It's the nicest experience, and they say thank you for ordering at Chick Fil A. And that's now, and now. And, but, yeah, but, but here's the thing is, I think that's cool. I think it's sorely lacking. But a, but a buddy of mine, we got in this disagreement online about it. He goes, why has society gotten to that? Why do we have to do this? It should just be ingrained. I said, because we all don't live in fairy la-la land, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. Culture starts from the top. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. So, yeah. Okay. So I have to... Just read this quote from your bio. In a world full of empty suits, I'm passionate about helping sales reps succeed by getting valuable before they get visible. I help sales teams understand the true value that they bring to the market. I remember at the conference when I met you and the empty suit uh, joke, if you will, step running joke was happening. So talk to me about that because I thought it was hysterical and how it started you on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm never going to live that one down. But, um, but it, but it's interesting. Yeah. I've, some people always ask me, you know, what's the favorite chapter of your book? And I have to go back to the last chapter of my book and it's all about being an empty suit. Mm -hmm. And when I say empty suit, 
it's no disrespect to salespeople are out there. It's not, you know, you shouldn't take it personal. It's, you know, there, there's a lot of salespeople out there that are empty suits and I just, I'm, I'm an alliteration freak. So it all goes back to, there's a lot of salespeople out there who don't educate their clients and their prospects. They don't engage with them. There's zero excitement. They're walking around as somebody that they think they should be, which is a facade of what, who they really are. Um, it's all talk, right? No show, things like that. I go, you know what? They're just a bunch of empty suits. That's kind of how the whole empty suit thing was born. Uh-huh. You know, before I was starting to write Selling from the Heart, I was blogging about it. Sure. Plus, I see it. It's, you know, we always say a picture says a thousand words, right? Mm-hmm. We can look at an empty suit and conjure that up in our mind, right? It's just a shell of somebody, <laughs> right? They're, they're just no substance, no sincerity, you know, just a bunch of fake. BS. And that's just, that's just how it was. And that's kind of how the empty suit was born. And what was really interesting is I was speaking at the outbound conference that Mark Hunter and Jeb Blunt and and Mike Weinberg and Anthony Inarino put on. And my set, my first session, he knew Mark knew that I was going to talk about the empty suit. And he goes, you know, it'd be really cool. He goes, you got to bring that thing to life. Yes. He goes, you got an extra suit with you. And I said, I happen to have one. He goes, prop that sucker up and put it on a chair. And I did. Yeah. And it was a hit. Mark's taking pictures behind him with Jeffrey Gittimer <laughs> and all that. Totally, absolutely hilarious. But that's really how the whole thing was born, right? And then obviously Mark Hunter's got to call me out at the Relationship Marketing Grants. <laughs> says, you know, Larry, this guy who does a lot of stuff on social, has no Facebook, right? Is he an empty? Yes, yes. And right there, he called me out. So that's kind of how the Facebook moment started. And then I've just kind of turned into a Facebook junkie. But Yes, very quickly. Very yeah. Quickly. But, but, but what, here, here's what's interesting. I, last Friday, you know, I, I picked up a, um, a banking client. And part of the agreement was they go, Larry, you have to bring the empty suit. It was so hilarious. So I, you know, I brought a suit, I brought a suit, propped it up on a chair. I took a little uh, styrofoam cup and I said, can you please spare some change? <laughs> right. And, you know, I just like to integrate some humor into driving a point that the profession can do so much better than they are. That when you, you know, I always say, you know, Armani suits and designer suits don't make the man or the woman. It's right. what's inside that makes the man or woman. And so, when, if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. Yeah, it's so true. So are you, could that be your next book? Uh, I, you know what? I'm toying with, I'm, so yeah, I'm toying with one. I just <laughs> don't think, I would say by this time next year, my, my second book will be done. I will tell you that. And there's probably going to have something to do with being an empty suit. Yeah, there you go. Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so do you have a favorite quote? I know this is cliche to ask, but I just saw this on my sheet and I thought, hmm, you probably have a lot of them that come to mind, but do you have a favorite one? Uh, it's actually, it's in the book and it's, it's, one of, it's one of my most, it's the one that gets the most chuckles and it, and it goes like this. I go, salespeople have hypnotized themselves into believing what they aren't doing doesn't work. <laughs> oh, I remember that. And, and, and there, there's a lot of double talk around that, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and I go, let's just peel that thing back. And they go, I mean, people read it like Janice two or three times. They go, salespeople have hypnotized themselves into what they're not doing. What are you talking about? And I said, okay, let's just peel this one back. 
how many in this room say cold calling doesn't work or how many of these, how many of you say the phone doesn't work and everyone raises their hand. I said, how would you know you're not even using it anyway? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So would you say that, um, so I know that you're a big uh, proponent of LinkedIn and I do LinkedIn training. I'm a big proponent of it too. And I teach uh, more, uh, maybe independent entrepreneurs and some salespeople and uh, business owners, not so much big uh, banker groups and things like that. Um, however, I just worked with a guy the other day who is a manager over about 32 different uh, financial planners and he wanted to look at maybe giving them some uh, training on LinkedIn and I said well before we train them let me train you so I can show you what I do and what's important to me and how I work and then you'll see so we did and uh, I did two-hour training with him and he said you know what we've had people in to teach us LinkedIn we've had PowerPoint presentations and the whole bit nobody's talked about things the way you did you brought it to life for me and it's it makes sense I'm very pleased with what we did so I felt really good about that but my point what I'm getting at is when you use LinkedIn as a salesperson would you or like if you're teaching people or, or um, suggesting to the sales reps that they use it do you think do you say that they could use it it's almost like cold calling in a way in that if they use it with a messaging strategy as opposed to a content only strategy. So I just wanted to get your feeling on how you see it is from a salesperson's perspective. We may not have enough time on this podcast for that answer, but um, I, I, I have a warped sense of what LinkedIn should really be used for as oh, a salesperson. We have time for that a little bit. <laughs> um, and, and here's where I'm going with this. I, re, I remember, no one ever taught me, by the way, Janice, how to use LinkedIn. I self-taught mm -hmm. myself because um, I remember back when I hired a business coach, they built, helped me build a website. So I just took that, that thought process and, that, and I worked LinkedIn backwards. Mm -hmm. You know, I want people to engage on this thing. In order for me to engage on it, I got to look really good. So I spent, a, I spent a ton of time positioning myself really well and writing it and positioning myself with great storytelling and all that. Why am I sharing this with you? Because there was years on LinkedIn, literally years, and I'll tell you that straight up, that I never drove a single piece of content on LinkedIn but leveraged the hell out of LinkedIn. So how for did you do it? One simple reason. I just drove people to find out more about me. That was it. I used, I used LinkedIn as my website. I used it as, I see. You know, and this was before I really started seeing, okay, because I had, I had built my own website with my business coach. So I was used to already, I was used to driving people to my website already. Okay. That, and on that website, I had pictures of my clients. I had information up there already and things like that. I was used to getting people to go see my, website. Okay. I was comfortable doing that. So when, when I was introduced into LinkedIn, I just said, you know what, I'm going to do the exact same thing. And it worked. I built a great freaking profile. Mm -hmm. I had, I had information on there. I, I had little pictures, right? 
mm-hmm. of people that I sold stuff to. And I just started engaging with people. Hey, if you want to find what makes me different, go check out my LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is I started connecting to my current clients. I, and then I started learning what it was like to network through right. space online. And I kept it at a ground level. This stuff's not rocket science. And I think we're over glorifying this stuff so much, but that'll get me in trouble with a bunch of other people. But nevertheless, um, <laughs> but then, but then I just started to realize that, you know what? Once I started to, to curate content and throw stuff out there, I was engaging with people. My network was engaging with it. And all of a sudden this thing just blew up. And, and, and I think, um, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but that's okay, is I think salespeople do not have to understand the ins and outs of LinkedIn to be successful using it. Mm, well, no, they don't have to know all the nitty gritty, but a lot, but the majority of people don't even do their profile fully and no. properly. So. No, no and, and I agree. And, and why I say that is... Salespeople in, in the, it, we're simple creatures. Just, we're, we just don't overcomplicate anything. And I think too many people have overcomplicated social. It's really not that difficult. We're social beings already. We're used to being social. So all I say is, you know what? Build a great profile that positions you differently than everybody else. So when somebody lands out there, they go, you know what? I get what this person's all about. That's completely different from everybody else. And I either relate to them or I don't, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I know that we could actually go on, like you said, I I agree for a long time on that topic because it's near and dear to my heart too. And, uh, and I think there's, there's a lot of good, uh, good information about the power of social media when used properly. But I think we have to stop now. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's all good, but I, but I, I, I will, I, I just want to squeak this in. Yes. But, but I, I do want to let people know, I mean, social, if used in a humanistic, engaging, authentic, genuine manner is rocket fuel for salespeople. It's just that very few are coached and taught and nurtured on how to effectively use this to help them do their job better. Exactly. Um, and, and that's a good place to, to wrap that up for sure. So uh, what are you actually doing now that like, how can I help you by you listening, by my viewers listening or my listeners listening to this? Um, who are you looking for? What kind of clients do you specifically want to talk to and where can we find you? Um, you know, it's interesting that um, I'm not picky with my clients. Well, I'll tell you, well, yes and no. They have to believe in the message. Mm-hmm. But, what's really, but what's really interesting is the doors and the industries that my book is opening. So, you know, I'm starting to do a lot of work in the sports world. I'm just a, I always say I'm a sports geek and a sales nerd. So the message around being authentic and humanizing prospecting is really resonating inside the sports world and the banking world, my old sales channel that I came out of. Um, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, the, 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 it's really, really, it's nice and it's humbling to see the message taken off straight across the board. I mean, I could rattle off the industries, but it's really the people that I really enjoy working with are, are really 
they're heartfelt people that understand authenticity matters, value matters, relationships matter. They, they just got to tie this all in and they may just need a kick in the backside to make it happen. Well, there's definitely the most value in all of that. When you come from the heart, it means more than anything. People know it, right? People can tell when you're authentic and when you're real. And I can tell that about you much more now that I've spent <laughs> five minutes talking to you then you know I didn't know you that well and that's how it's fun to do podcasts that way but at the same time I'm all about getting to the heart of people so I really uh, have appreciated having the chance to talk to you so where can people find you selling from the heart is sold where on your website uh, yeah well you can uh well, selling from the heart, you can find it on Amazon. So you okay. can find, you, you know, you can find it in, in paperback and Kindle on Amazon. Okay. It's, it's on the Q4 list to come out with an audible. You can download the first three chapters of my book. If you just want to check it out at sellingfromtheheart.net. There's all okay. kinds of information on there. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You can right. find me on Instagram. And I'll put all that in the show notes. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I, I just love spreading the message around three things. Sincerity matters, substance matters, and bringing your heart to your what you do matters. So true. That's a perfect place to end. So thank you so much, Larry, for being on my podcast and for spreading that word uh, or that message uh, along along the way to my listeners. And oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.